We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Emergency pod, emergency pod, O-line committee, players, players only meeting, O-line committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jay, you're down in uh, in Florida doing agent things. Boone is in the in the gym working out the next generation of offensive linemen, and so we literally just recorded our full episode a couple days ago, and like we posted, I would say within 12 hours, three of the most legendary coaches in recent football history are no longer coaching. Boone and I talked about Pete Carroll. Nick Saban will talk about, let's start with Bill Belichick, 24 years, a quarter of a century, dude, and done dude, my with entire the Patriots. Life. Like, yeah. my entire life, yeah. I have known nothing but Darth Vader Bill and the New England Patriots, <laughs> right? And especially growing up in Denver, like growing up in Denver and the, the Tom Brady, Peyton Mannings, and those dudes playing against each other nonstop, and, and the hoodie and the cutoffs, like, that dude was New England and... It was weird seeing Brady in a different color. I don't know how my little brain's going to react if I see Belichick in a different cutoff hoodie. Like it's just going to break. Like the he, gears are just going to that <laughs> Falcons little Falcons cutoff hoodie. What, yeah. what would be the weird? There's eight openings right now, including Patriots, probably Panthers. Vegas. Oh, Vegas. probably Vegas. Or or I mean, can you imagine Bill Belichick in L.A.? Like if he went to the Chargers, yeah, like that would be that would be something else. Like he goes from. New England, where the field's in the middle of a field somewhere, <laughs> and then you go to just downtown LA, just living He's in SoFi. He's neighbors like, with I, Caleb Williams in the penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I just, I don't know. My initial reaction was more, I mean, Boone called this, first of all, like way back in like, I think, I can't remember what it was, but he, he was like, I think Bill was out, and I told him he was an idiot. We kind of shit on him for that. Yeah. We did. We really did. We, we And he was like, oh, we'll see. All right, we'll see. Mm. And here we are eating our words, but... I mean, my wife was even like, it had to happen. That was her reaction. She said it had to happen. I kind of disagree, and I don't know where you're at with it, but I felt like he needed one more year. Like, it's to, not... To do what, though? Like To get a quarterback. You shot at Mac Jones and missed. It happens. It happens in this league. It happens all the time. Like, give him one more year. He's got a high pick. Let him go get a quarterback. See if he can turn this thing, right the ship. And if not... Then you let him go. I just think it's a little. I think it's one year premature, and I think people can say, like you said, for what? One more year. But dude's the greatest coach of all time. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt. The thing is, though, if he comes back for one year, and they and they do have the third pick. So, and there's, I was looking at some of the mocks today. Like Jaden Daniels could be their guy with the number three pick. 
he probably needs more than the one year to try again with a new quarterback. I actually think if, if you're Robert Kraft, you're probably looking at this saying, hey, we are going to draft a quarterback. I don't know that I love you developing him because the last quarterback you developed was literally 25 years. And you did a great job with Tom Brady, but that was 25 years ago was Tom Brady. So if you're Patriots and you're looking to, you're probably like the last time they had a draft pick anywhere near this high, it was Drew Bledsoe 30 years ago. So they're looking at it saying, we're never this bad. We're going to draft a quarterback. I'm just making this up, but the, we're, we're going to draft a quarterback. And I don't trust 70 whatever year old Bill Belichick to be the one for the next five years. So we have to go into direction. And if you're Bill, he has to take a job now. And I think he will. He has to take he's a job. Where 26 he, wins away from the all-time winner. Don Shula, yep. And he's, I think he's still behind George Hallis for number two. So he, he'd like to move up, right? I think I actually have some reckless speculation for you. Ooh, you I love it. Yeah. I love it. Here, Let's just go right into this. I think the Falcon steam is real. There's like Diana Russini. There's some credible reports about the Falcons. And, and Arthur Blank, we actually talked about this on our full podcast a couple days ago. Arthur Blank is, he is a proven winning owner in terms of two different times, early 2000s, and then again a few years ago uh, with, with Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan and, and Matt Ryan. Like he, he's competitive. He's put together winners before. They've got the eighth overall pick, so they've got a nice little asset, nice resource. They do need a quarterback, but they've got a ton of cap space. So hear me out on this. And by the way, the, re- the reports I'm talking about are Falcons are highly interested in Bill Belichick. That's been mm-hmm. out there since I, like I, Monday. Yep. yep, I've been reading that too. Belichick goes to the Falcons. You're not going to, unless you make a crazy move and go from eight up to the top three or something, you're probably not in a position to draft one of the top three players. But they got a ton of cap space. Kirk Cousins' wife Mm -hmm. is from the Atlanta area. They got married in the Atlanta area. Her family still resides in the state of Georgia. They've got like $30 million in effective cap space. If you're Bill Belichick, you don't really want to. You're in your 70s, man. Like, I'm done with the Mac Jones and the Bailey Zappies. I could see Atlanta. I could see getting your established quarterback. Hey, you go run. we'll We'll get an offensive coordinator in here that you can partner with. I'll focus on defense. We'll get an edge rusher. Go get Dallas Turner with the eighth overall pick. It, it There's a puzzle there, I guess. That's my speculation for you. No, I was actually just <clears throat> talking about this down here. I mean, there's scouts and stuff everywhere down here, and so, I mean, it's everywhere. But I was talking with Lee Smith. He was down here, old tight end for Atlanta. And then he also was in the Buffalo with me, and we were talking about this very thing. And I was like, if you think about it, it's got to just be, if Bill takes this job, it's all going to be about getting the win record. Like, because that's really the last thing out there for him. right? Like what, And that's a three-year deal. Like yeah. that's in, at minimum, you're talking 10 win seasons, three years in a row, right? That's, it's a tough thing to do, but you're in the NFC South, right? You're, you're in a division that isn't necessarily known for being powerhouses, yeah. right? You got Tampa who's on the rise, but who knows what that's kind of, I mean, Evans is on his way out. Godwin might be getting released or whatever. And then you have, you know, you're going to beat the Panthers twice a year. Right, <laughs> that's yeah. a given. Yeah. And then you're going to be fighting with the Saints, which is they're also in their own kind of rebuild battle. Like, and you start looking at the pieces. You have Bijan Robinson. That's another thing you didn't even mention. Like, mm-hmm. and then you go get Kirk Cousins. I think it makes a ton of sense, dude. Right. I think I think it makes a ton of sense for him to be the Atlanta Falcons' next head coach. I think that place would embrace him too. You know, I think that's another thing. Bill Belichick's made a lot of enemies over the year. 
right? Like there's a lot of fan bases that might not want old old Uncle Billy coming in there and taking the realm, right? But I think Atlanta for me makes the most sense because you start looking at all the other places and you're not going to get a quarterback unless you're drafting really high. But even if you're drafting really high, I mean, dude, the weapons on that offense, like I know. you they talked about this in our podcast. You were just, like, dude, they have Drake London. They have all, mm-hmm. they have all these weapons. Like they just missed the trigger, man, because Desmond Ritter is not it. Mm-hmm. So you get Bill Belichick down there, get some pieces. I think I think the Falcons have to be it. They, it has to be it. There's and no other they need, option. I they need and I think their their sack leader was like six and a half sacks too. So they could there's going to be three edge rushers sitting there, especially if three quarterbacks go off the board early. And I don't know, maybe there's some sort of like uh, like you know football gods forces where uh, you know this is this is the coach that embarrassed you when you had a bajillion touchdown lead in the second half. Go get go get him to make it right now. All these years later, so who's the GM of the Falcons? It's escaping me at the moment. Oh, currently, because I because you have, have to remember because you have to remember who is Bill Belichick to the Patriots. He is GM Terry Fontenot. He is head coach. He is all. Can Bill Belichick come into a place and relinquish some power? Right, and he's been the GM since 2021 with Atlanta. Yeah, would Correct. he come? Would he come in? And by Does the way, Fontenot is and... 30 years younger than Bill Belichick. He's right. 23 years old. <laughs> so is is he going to be bossing Bill Belichick around? Yeah, is he going to be making the decisions? Like, there, that's another piece that goes into this. Is Bill has had ultimate power for so long? I don't like. Is he going to be able to coexist with a 30 year old, a 40 year old GM? Like, can they coexist? Can they cohabitat and make decisions together? Mm-hmm. Or is who worked for who? Right. That's got to be an interesting, that's going to be an interesting conundrum wherever Bill goes. Because, I mean, I saw something today that was like my favorite, my favorite, like out there, right? Here, stay with me on this one. Cowboys get bounced in the first round. Oh, I've got this on my list. Cowboys <laughs> get bounced in the first round, right? My pick on the podcast comes yeah. true. Packers, Packers beat them in the first round. And Jerry Jones has had enough. He's he's seen he's seen enough, and he fires Mike, and then Bill Belichick's the next head coach of the Cowboys. Dude, how about that one? And then Bill gets to work with Micah Parsons. He gets he gets this loaded up defense, ball yep. hawking secondary. He gets an established quarterback. All you need is just just a reliable coordinator, quarterback coordinator mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. over here. Weapons all over the place. I love it, dude. I mean Dallas. Here's my question about that though. And I would I would have this question too about if if like a let's let's say Dallas gets beat by the Packers to your point it's an embarrassing home loss I th- I think if that happens Mike McCarthy's gone for sure he has to like be. he's gone so and then if you're Jerry Jones where are you turning next you already went to the established coach there's only to me there's only two coaches that you would then turn to Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh I think Jim Harbaugh is a non-starter. I don't think he would be able to work with Jerry Jones. I think it'd be a total train wreck. Would Bill Belichick be able to work peacefully for three years under Jerry Jones? Robert Kraft was great because Robert Kraft was kind of the good cop and just kind of wash my hands of this. You do what you got to do. Jerry wants to talk to the media. Bill Belichick is very much control the message. Don't talk to the media. Keep everything in house. Jerry Jones needs to do five press conferences every day, right? Like him. Dude, he's standing outside the locker room with reporters after every single Cowboys game. He's doing his radio show every week. Could Bill coexist with Jerry Jones? Dude, I don't know how many people Bill can coexist with. 
Like he's lived in his own entity for so long, right? Like you used to go up to New England and you talk to players that were like, dude, I didn't realize until I left New England what like real life was, yeah. right? Like I just lived under the Bill Belichick like regime and that was the, my truth. That was my way. That was my light. Like, and until they leave, like that's going to be the biggest thing is wherever he goes, he's a phenomenal football coach. There's no doubt about it. One of the greatest of all time. Can he change, right? How many 71-year-olds do you know that can change, right? That are like, can flip and be like, I am a different person now. I work well with everyone, yeah. right? Like you can't get like 71-year-old grandma to remember how to flip the phone on FaceTime. <laughs> like, and now you're going to say, hey, Bill, you and this person that's 50 years old as your GM, like you two be friends, coexist, find a way to work this together. That's going to be the biggest issue wherever he goes. Yeah. Wherever he goes, it's going to be all about can they coexist and have a healthy work relationship that doesn't bleed over into just chaos and pointing fingers and doing all of that. That will be the only downfall. If Bill Belichick fails at this, that will be the only reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Can he, I mean, can he, can he, and does he want to even, there's questions about how well he connects with this generation of players. And mm -hmm. I also found on the athletic here, they've got I'm trying to find who actually put these odds out, but so, someone has like odds of where, Bill could land, and the the Falcons are the number one, mm -hmm. the number one team. No team is the second most likely where he's just done coaching, and then there's like Chargers and Commanders, and no, there's another team on this list though that's really that's really interesting. And then I have a team that's not on this list run by, and then we can talk about Nick Saban. Okay, the Giants are on this list. Is there a scenario? With how sideways things are going right now, Wink Martindale pieces out. What if, dude? Hey, what if they mutually agreed to part ways? What? They mutually agreed. Oh, they came to terms. Did that happen? Okay, ways. yeah. Like I two mean, hours after we released our pod. What? If, what if this is? What if this is like, uh, you know, the Departed with Jack Nicholson, where you never, you don't know where the enemies are coming from. What if Brian mm -hmm. Dable is told, "Sorry, buddy." That got really chaotic. We didn't like the way that your team took a nosedive this year, and Bill Belichick's available to come home where he was the best defensive coordinator. He was Lawrence Taylor's hands-on coach in the 1980s. No, I don't think so. No? Okay. I think I think <laughs> I think Dable gets the free pass for one year with all the injuries, the quarterback. You don't because if it doesn't work out with Bill and you let Bill Brian go who was the coach of the year just a short year ago, like I think I think they have a lot of faith in Dable. I think that there's a lot of faith there. I I mean, I get what you're saying. But it, I think it's just too much of a risk to let a coach that you have faith in still out, walk out the door. I just think on this subject, it it does or should open up conversations, even if it's only like a three-person trust tree at the top of the organization. <laughs> it should open up some conversations about, do we like or love our current head coach? Because mm -hmm. right now, Jim Harbaugh's out there. He just signed an agent, and Bill Belichick's out there. Um, and I'll give I'll give you one more here since we're speculating recklessly. You brought up the Cowboys losing this weekend. Let's see. Let's see if you have the same one. I have another speculation. Let's see if let's see if you and I are on the same wavelength here. What if the Eagles get smoked by the Buccaneers mm. on Monday night? What if it's like it's embarrassing, dude? It's like Baker Mayfield is sticking that Buccaneers flag in the ground or whatever. Like you get trounced 31 to 10 by the Buccaneers. And the season ends for the Eagles. The wheels have just come completely off. Nick Sirianni is exposed as a fraud or whatever. The Eagles moved off Andy Reid 10 years ago. They moved off Doug Peterson like two seasons after a Super Bowl, basically, right? He got he didn't get the five-year grace period that some coaches get. 
If you're the Eagles and you're like, you know, we wouldn't do this under any other circumstances, but Bill Belichick is available. Sorry, Nick. Really tough two months. I know you guys were 10 and one and went to the Super Bowl last year, but like the last two months were a train wreck and Bill Belichick is available. The only reason that one in my mind doesn't work is the culture of Philly's team is have fun. You're all big personality. <clears throat> you're all big personalities. Not anymore. Let it's your not. colors show. Do your job. Like, you would. You would. <laughs> Do your you job. Would, gosh, dude, that's a that's an interesting one because for me, I feel like you would come in and you'd lose a lot of that locker room possibly. But golly, man, that defense, the young players on that defense, the things he could do. Yeah, I, I mean that's a that's a very real scenario. That's yeah. a very real scenario. I'm just saying, if if, if you're, I'm just saying, if you're the ownership. And you're watching this train wreck play out in a suite. You're in Tampa. It's dude. It's thirty. It's thirty-one to three in the third quarter. And you're cool. just sit, you're just sitting in your suite. And you're like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we run it back? How do we jolt this thing? I'm just saying. Like I, I feel like he is the type of legend that you would you would have those conversations. Who's your team? My last speculation team here. Mason Rudolph. Walks into Orchard Park. Oh my God. And beats the Buffalo Bills. Oh. And now all the thing of the legendary run and everything getting put back together and figuring it out. Ownership comes out. We really weren't very happy with the Sean McDermott comments that happened um, a few few years ago. You know, light has come out. Uh, Ken Dorsey's been gone. You know, we think maybe it's time for a change. We have a quarterback of the future in Josh Allen. We have some young players on defense. We got to get better on defense and do our things. So, Sean McDermott. Oh, here's your hat. What's your hurry? Wow. Here comes Bill Belichick. Stays in the East. You don't think Bill's vindictive enough to want to stay in the East and stick it to the Patriots? Yeah. And yeah. he now is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Oh my gosh! I. <laughs> that would have my, to be. It that is be my reckless speculation. Because think the vibes are so. I feel like the vibes are so great now in Buffalo with just the way they ended that season. That it would have but to. You, you would, go lose in the first round of the Steelers. I like know. that's a that's a Super Bowl or bust type of team right now. Yeah, it right. Is. And that's what that's what they came into the season with, and then it wasn't going well, and they fired Dorsey, and then they kind of got it back on track. But all that's for naught if you don't win the first playoff game. And what, none of what, that matters. And isn't the biggest the biggest criticism or the biggest sort of like I guess macro thing you would say about Sean McDermott is can't win the big one. He got us to this point, but somebody else has to get us to the next point, right? Ever since the 18 seconds left in Kansas City. Oh, man. That's my wild speculation. That's the <laughs> one that's been in the back of my brain going, man, maybe, maybe it just could happen. So, wow, that, uh, that escalated into some reckless <laughs> speculation there. Bill Belichick, man, six Super Bowl titles, nine AFC titles, third all-time in head coaching wins, and we'll we'll kind of see where... He winds up crazy that on the same day that this happens, his defensive coordinator, one of his great football friends, going back to Cleveland days in the early 90s, Nick Saban announces his retirement from Alabama. Seven national championships, six at Alabama, the one at LSU. Second highest win percentage of any Power 5 coach in history with over 200 wins. Can you name number one? You Tom should Osborne. be able to. Tom, Tom Osborne. Osborne. Yep. Respect on his name. Yeah. Go big red. So Gerber. Dude, 
you were you were texting us on our O-line committee group text thread. The first thing you well, first thing was like, holy crap, Nick Saban's retiring. And then the mm-hmm. second thing you texted was, this is about to get crazy because open thirty season. day window for transfer portal, right? So what? Yeah, how did what's what's going to happen? First of all, I think Saban is sick and tired and done with the NIL bullshit. I don't think he likes it at all. I don't think he likes where the sport is headed. And I think he understands now that the competitive advantage that he had being Alabama and where it was easy enough to just walk into a recruit's house and say, I am Nick Saban. There has not been a class that I have coached that has not gone four years and not won a national title. You will come to Alabama. You will start for three to four years and you will go to the NFL and be a top one or day two pick. Sold. Done. Yeah. Right? Like, that was his recruiting pitch. And that's all he had to do year in and year out. And now he's older. And now there's money involved. Now there's the transfer portal involved. And he hates it. I think he honestly cannot stand well, it because you can't plan for anything. Like in no. the NFL, like in the in the NFL, you can you can plan more than. Yep. I mean, there's injuries and all sorts of stuff, but you know where you're drafting. You know that mm-hmm. if you, if you're drafting here, you're going to get this player, and then you can free agency. There's structure to it. There's there's no structure to college nope. football anymore because guys can just come go. That yeah. you got to figure out the NIL pool over here, but you can't be directly involved. But you got to make sure that there's NIL money. Yep, it would be a headache. For, I, the I the would, machine that was Alabama football, which was just revolutions, right? No reloads, only re, like it was never rebuild, only reload, right? You just constantly kept putting new players in. It yep. doesn't exist anymore. And Saban yep. sees the writing on the wall, and he doesn't want to be a part of it. And so I think that played a huge factor into him getting out of the game, him getting out of what this is going to be. Um, I saw a couple things on the internet about maybe his wife was sick, and if that's the case, and that's really sad. But like that was nothing like sourced correctly. But I think that whole thing is just him being done with what college football is. I think we're going to see most old coaches like that do the same thing. I think it might be one of the main reasons Harbaugh leaves college football if he does yeah. because of that exact same thing because it is just the Wild West and and no one really wants to deal with it anymore. Um, but, yeah, I talked to you guys about there's a, there's a rule now. The transfer window is now closed. The transfer portal window is closed, right, from Jan – Jan 4th or December 4th to Jan 4th, the transfer portal is open. It's closed now. The rule is if your coach retires, gets fired, or leaves for a new job, bing, 30 day window, right back open. Open season, baby. So you talk about a roster that's about to get picked clean, unless Bama has like a very quick secession plan, right? Like, hey, hey, no one worry. No one panic. It's fine. I know, I know Daddy Saban's leaving. It's okay. Here's our new guy. Here's the guy we're bringing in. Here's the dude. Those dudes are gone. They're, it's like the, it's like the purge, dude. It's like 100%. Okay. Yeah. Dude, now imagine this. Imagine Harbaugh leaves this week too. Right? Or here the next. You're now have Michigan and Alabama. And what if Dan Lanning takes the job from Oregon? Dude, it's going to be chaos cuz you're talking about some of the top rosters in the country. Yeah. That are going to be complete open season. Who, Complete so, picked to the bone, clean open season because of the transfer portal rules. If anything's going to change the transfer portal rules, it could be the next two weeks of events. So, do you think? I mean, did do you think Alabama had? Because for all the reasons you just mentioned, it's so important now. If a Nick Saban leaves, to at least have some sort of heads up and some sort of plan, right? But then some of the some of the options involve complicated buyouts, buyouts. of other coaches. So. 
But I guess that would be the benefit. If you let's say let's say it's uh, so Dan Landing right now. You mentioned Dan Landing, Oregon coach. He is he is the odds-on favorite, mm-hmm. just ahead of Dabo Swinney, three to one versus four to one. But couldn't Dan Landing then just pull like thirty of his stud players from Oregon down to Alabama? Right? Wouldn't yeah. that be the you could? Solution? But then what do all the Alabama players do? Well, some are going to leave anyways, dude. So but gonna are you gonna, are you honestly going to tell me that Bama's roster is not as good as Oregon's? It's a better roster than Oregon's, right? It's a better roster. So mm-hmm. do you bring the Oregon kids with you? Well, if some of the Alabama kids leave, you like... You'd but like that's the thing. Do you? they? Like, you, who do you recruit? <laughs> who do you put... Who do you go all in on? Right? Who do you start saying, I want to keep these kids or I want to bring these kids? Or, yeah. like, it is... This is an unprecedented event of a coach leaving a powerhouse. Right? Not because he got fired. Not because, like, he went from a lower level to a higher level. Like, this dude's the top. He's in the college football mm-hmm. playoff. And he just says, I wash my hands. I walk away. Like, and it he's is walking just away a from what? Fascinating thing. 20, 15, 20. A lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. A lot so, of money. Okay. I want to give you the uh, just the, the seven likeliest names according to uh, just one website that I stumbled into here. And then I, I do have some reckless speculation on this. Too. I do too. I love okay. reckless speculation. Oh, I've been thinking about it all day. Oh, <laughs> honey, honey, what are you doing? Shh, I'm recklessly Shh. speculating. Don't, don't talk Gears to are me. turning. Gears are moving. <laughs> so Dan Lanning is is the odds-on favorite. And then in order, it goes Dabo Swinney, Lane Kiffin. I'll read these, and you and you pluck mm-hmm, a couple and tell mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders. Okay. Uh, Kalen DeBoer. Pat Shermer. He was one of your – wasn't he one of your Yeah, he was my OC, OC in Minnesota. And then Urban Meyer. Train wreck if that happens. You train think so? wreck. Oh, in college, train wreck, dude. He's got too much baggage. But he Urban, wins, dude. And he, won, the, he, he won, won, won two titles in the SEC. When's the last time he did that? That's a long time ago. Well, that was like 15 I also years think, ago. In college. I also think there's something to be said about a, a coach that hasn't been really involved in the NIL world. Yeah. Now jumping in and being like, "What's happening? What do you mean we pay these idiots legally now?" Right, like, <laughs> like he would, and in Florida, he would, dude. Yeah, he gets you. Sick of you it, remember sure. how to pay players, but you have to remember <laughs> how to pay them legally now. Like, I think, dude, the Dion one for me is the most fascinating. I said this when Dion hired at Colorado. I was like, Saban three four years retires, and then Dion moves down there and brings the prime effect with him. Wow. I think if Dion had a winning season this year, if he was an eight win te- eight win team, right? He just did better than what he did and how he finished the year. I mean, they only signed like three recruits. But if he was an eight to nine win coach, I think it's a no brainer. I think it's an absolutely no brainer if you're in Tuscaloosa, you bring Dion to run the show. Wow. Right. But be I blast. think because of the issues that did arise towards the end of the year, that's probably not as likely. Because you want to see um, if he can, we know that he can, we know that he can market. We know that he, we want to see if you, in, in the power five structure, can you win more than can you win? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you win? Like you're Alabama, dude. There's no Alabama fans are not going to tolerate a five loss season. Like they, 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 their heads will explode, right? They they just can't handle it. I don't, I like Kiffin personally. I think if I was, if I was a guy, I'm hiring Kiffin. His only losses to were, Georgia and Alabama last year, I recall. Yeah, they, Eleven and right? two. Yeah, they were eleven. And now two. he's played ping pong and bounced around the SEC a little bit, and he's kind of a wild card too. But he knows how to win in the SEC. He knows how to recruit in the SEC. He knows how to play the game. He, for me, makes a lot of sense. Dan Lanning, I feel like he. 
I feel like he might come in there and bite off a little more than he can chew. Yeah. Like I feel like you you might be throwing him to the wolves slightly of being like, hey, see these big ass shoes known as Nick Saban. Good luck, right? Like I know you wanted Oregon, cool, that was great. Welcome to big boy football. And he did. Right? I mean, in fairness too to Dan Landing, he did. Uh, he did spend what three or four years under under Kirby Smart as a position coach and coordinator at Georgia. Not the so same, dude. You're talking about freaking Bama. Roll motherfucking tide, Alabama, <laughs> dude. You think he's ready for that? I don't know if anyone's Kiff, ready for that. Kiff, I Kiffin think of would all these because of, Kiffin is. He's the only one that I think would be like all the crap aside. I think he understands out of all those coaches. Maybe Dabo, but I don't think Dabo's, Dabo's ready. Clemson. I don't think Dabo's going to leave Clemson personally. I think he loves Clemson. I think he loves that whole place. I think he stays. I think out of all that list you said, he's the only one, in my opinion, that truly understands the gravity of the situation that is Alabama football. Like, and that is going to be a huge piece of who they hire as their next head coach. Yeah, like not just the X's and O's, but like you have to understand what that means to that entire state. So these like, next thirty, does the, is the window open now? Like the thirty day window? I, if it's official, whenever it's there has official, to be some paperwork filed or something. Probably, sure, yeah. Right? I, I don't. I mean, I can't. I think it has to be like official. I don't know if it's officially gone yet, but I mean, I already saw last night their five star wide receiver decommitted. He's back on the market. Like it's it's gonna be crazy, dude. And you could do see. that. You could enter the portal. Oh, they hired Lane Kiffin. I love Lane Kiffin. Then you could just back. go back, right? Yep. You, you can just come back. You just pull your name out of it. Out but dude, option. you put your name in there and start seeing what dollar signs start popping up too. Yep. Right. Like I think about like their their left tackle this year. Who's a true freshman? True freshman left tackle for Alabama. You can stay, or do you want to see what kind of money's out there for you? Right? Because you were you were happy to stay there and be the starting left tackle at Alabama for the next four years. You're gonna but like now it's like what's Go keeping get two million dollars somewhere. What's keeping me here? Yeah. Dude, it's gonna be a fascinating thought experiment. And with Harbaugh's decision and future still looming around out there, like the landscape of the coaching world in the last seventy two hours has been rocked and shaken and it's a blast, man. It's crazy. It's, we, the, it's the craziest I can remember. I mean, and we didn't even touch about it, but I think Mike Vrabel is the next head coach of the Patriots. I meant to put that out there. Stamp yeah. on it. No, it's, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's it's kind of it's the safest hire because it's yeah. it's a known entity. He's he's been a winner. He's got the Patriots culture, Patriots way. It is it is the safest hire for the Patriots. I just yeah, I don't know. It's Here, here's some, for here's some here's some reckless. What's your reckless? Give me your reckless on Bama. It's kind of combined. Rec, it's kind of com, it's not even Bama speculation. It's combined Saban and Belichick speculation. Do you think those guys? I'm sure those guys are sitting down over a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever. They're probably red wine. Those guys seem like you know they're probably heart mm. conscious in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Red wine guys. Absolutely. Do you think they'd like to get the band back together for two or three years? It could be a Belichick. This is NFL, obviously. Yes, yes, Belichick wants to still run personnel. Maybe Belichick does the Bill Parcells thing, goes up to the front office. I wouldn't want Bill Belichick running my front office based on his nope. personnel moves, but there's there's going to be some teams that would probably give that power. And then Nick Saban comes in. I think the one thing that Nick Saban probably still thinks about in his legendary coaching career is, man, I was a defensive coordinator under Belichick, and then I went on, did my thing at Michigan State, LSU, came back to the NFL, Two years with the Dolphins, it's viewed as a train wreck unfairly. We were about to get Drew Brees because he was his his shoulder was kind of a mess. He was leaving San Diego, and we were going to get Drew Brees in Miami, 
And instead, either like the front office vetoed it or the medical something, and he winds up going to the Saints. And we know what happened for the next 15 years. Saints go on, win a championship. And uh, Nick Saban said, screw this, I'm going back to college, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the only unchecked box? Is there an itch for like, even like three years, would Nick Saban go and take a head? Would, could could those guys team up, Belichick, Saban, and run an NFL team, the Falcons? They could. I just don't know. It all just comes down to is Saban just tired, right? I think capability-wise, yes, 100%. He looks less like, tired than Bill. He does. He looks <laughs> because he hasn't had to do anything for the last decade besides walk into a house and be like, I am Nick Saban. You come to Bama? Yes, you come to Bama. Here's Sounds money. Good. You can go yeah. play. Right? Like, but, but I think... I don't know how much Saban, and again, this is me. I, I don't. I'm speaking out of my ass here. I don't know how much X's and O's he does on a daily basis. Like I don't. I honestly don't know how involved in a game plan or involved in a prep Saban truly was. And if he still really was involved in the defensive game plan and putting it all together in the film, then yeah, he could absolutely go be a defense coordinator for Bill Belichick and have a great time with it. Mm -hmm. But if he just wants to, I think he's going to go be an analyst. He's going to or a talking head. Right, like Lee Corso, love you, buddy. You're getting old. Probably time to hang it up. Just input Nick Saban on the college game. And day. McAfee Ooh. and Saban, they've been doing the weekly thing together all yeah. year. There's a relationship there. And I don't. I think Saban does have. This will be interesting if Belichick and Saban, who are two of the most publicly gruff, don't give anything away personalities. If we get like five years, because they're going to be eighty before you know it. So can we get five years of those guys a little more untethered? Mm -hmm. On a on a pregame show, on a you know, some the sort Affleck, of panel. The Affleck commercials make more sense now, right? Like why? Like everyone <laughs> why was like, why is, is Saban why yeah. is Saban doing Affleck? Right? Why yeah. is he doing all these? Like you he were knows. cashing in, you were cashing in while you knew the cashing was good. Good for you, Saban. Belichick remember, never did hey, right. Belichick did no. like one. He think he did one like a beer commercial a couple years ago. And if I, you want one more reckless speculation here? We'll end the show yeah. with this. Sure. If that's it, I think Andy Reid might retire. Oh my God! Wow, you're just gonna drop that right. Just now. gonna drop that. I think because if you start looking at the same thing, why did Andy Reid start doing all the progressive commercials? Why did Andy Reid start doing all the Allstate commercials? Wow, dude. Wow. You want to say that? If I want, if I'm gonna use that logic for myself, you know, I'm gonna say my logic is these dudes cashed in on all these things while they could, while the cashing was good. Maybe Andy Reid's it's tired of this it, shit man. too. Maybe Andy Reid. They go a little run. He's like, dude. man, this shit was really cold. That game sucked. <laughs> 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 I've, I've had enough of this freezing nonsense. Maybe Boy, I'm done too. Opens, Maybe I'm done too. That would be the premier job in the NFL, right? You get an oh, in his prime Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Hundred percent. You get great, Chris great Jones. ownership. Oh, yeah. God. I don't know. Just something that maybe there. Maybe we want. We'll end it with one more giant reckless speculation. I don't smoke, but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my mic off and light a cigarette after this. We're gonna have to do more of these emergency podcast sessions here. If things happen, we gotta be ready at a moment's notice. By the way, I'm gonna, the place. I'm gonna track down Booney to uh, tell some Pete Carroll stories here as well. <laughs> He's just uh, just flexing, flexing at the gym and training the future generation of offensive linemen. So, yeah, hey, uh, if you guys uh, if you guys could give us a like button, click, and a subscribe button, click here on the O line committee YouTube channel, and also olinecommittee.com for your offensive line lifestyle apparel. He's Jeremiah. I'm Phil. See you guys. Jay's on the road uh, doing his agency thing here, but dude, Booney, you and I had to jump on. We're calling. We're going to do some of these because there's all kinds kinds of news breaking throughout the week. Uh, emergency O line committee players only meetings here. 
Uh, you're at the gym right now. Pete Carroll, no longer the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. You played for Pete Carroll was your last NFL coach, my man. Dude, I loved Pete. Let me tell you what. I played against Pete. I don't think there was anyone that talked more shit to Pete than I did. I used to walk by the sidelines and talk and say stuff to him, and he would chirp back and be like, mind your business, 7-5. I'd be like, okay, coach. Like just, <laughs> he was, I'll tell you what, hell of a competitor. And when you're around him, you understand why he is the way he is. He reminds me so much of Nick Saban. It is literally like out of control what's going on right now with all these coaches stepping down and getting fired and being asked to step down. It's like you're watching a whole just years and years of coaches that have been doing this for so long. And all of a sudden there's going to be, there's no one there anymore. And who's going to be setting the bar? And Pete was that guy. And I found out when I got there, kind of how the team would work. And everything they did was they believed in the fact that the game was never over until it hit zero, 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 zero. Like literally there'd be like two minutes left in the game and they would be like, we got a chance. And I'd be like, God, but they're insane because they believe they have a chance and they truly believe it. Like you'd be like, man, these guys are awesome. But it was because it all came down from Pete. Pete was always coming in spry, excited, come and chase you down the field. I was like, that guy's 70 years old and he's running full fucking speed down the field, chasing the receivers. What is he doing? But you look at that. And I was just talking to a guy and I'm not going to name names. It was on a team. And one of the things that he was saying was, I really wish the accountability could be heard from upstairs down. They always want the players to be so accountable and so crazy all the time. And they're like, every once in a while, we just want a coach or an administration that's going to start to believe in us and get us riled up. But he was that guy. He always had his players ready to go. I mean, look what they did this year. I mean, they lose rust. They're coming back. They're like, we still got a fighting chance. We're going to give it everything we got. And they fought hard. Do I think that he should be the coach there anymore? I don't know. That's not my decision. But at the same time, I'm sad to see him leave because he's a great dude. Great coach. Great dude. Same time, so energetic, so old. I mean, just awesome fucking dude. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. Like, if you look at his resume, so so just like NFL, and he and he he was actually the Patriots coach before Belichick in the nineties. Yeah. Then then he then he jumps over and uh, and he builds helps build USC back up into a dynasty for like ten years. National yep. well, national championship that's been vacated, but I think we can still count it. Then four, dude, fourteen years in Seattle, they make the playoffs ten out of fourteen years. 10 playoff wins in 14 years. The soup, they, I mean, this is a sore spot for Seahawks fans. Should have been two. Should have been two. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a run for, for anyone. And it's amazing that we listed his resume and, and we'll talk more about like Saban and Belichick on a different episode, but it kind of gets overshadowed because all three of these dudes are just done on the same day. But um, for the Seahawks, it's like when you pluck a guy out and the Patriots are going to deal with this too. He is the culture for a decade and a half. It's the most relevant period in Seahawks history, and uh, and you're gonna. And by the way, the odds on I just found an, an odd site here that the odds on favorites to replace Pete Carroll are Dan Quinn, who was the who was a coordinator under Pete Carroll, yep. and then Mike Vrabel. Your guy Mike Vrabel is actually no. second on that list. No, I I, I honestly think Braves is going to go to the Patriots, and this is why. I think Dan Quinn is a great follow-up. Dan's been there. He understands what it's supposed to be like. And this is what's going to be the hardest, the follow-up to the Pete Carroll. And we'll talk about this later, but the follow-up to Nick Saban and to Bill Belichick because they have created such legacies where they've been that how do you follow that? 
how do you follow the most energetic coach in the NFL who is also 70 years old and can come up with a quip faster than anybody? Like, he would just fire back at you. And you'd be like, did he just fucking say that to me? How did he think of that so fast? God, <laughs> this guy's a man. <laughs> you got me, Pete. I'm yeah. coming. Is he oh. like like I mean I've just I've never met Pete Carroll in person, but you watch him and I I watch him as a fan and think it'd be really fun to play for that guy and and I he I don't think he's regarded as a tactician necessarily. He's 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 more he he seems to me like the ultimate culture building, positive energy. He was doing he was doing stuff 10, 12 years ago, even with like those uh what are those like sports bras that you guys wear? The uh, the tracking oh, devices. Yeah, he was. Yeah, big. like he was like early on that stuff 10, 12 years ago too. What? So like, what? How would you describe his style, his legacy as a coach? I'm glad you're gonna ask me this because I'm gonna probably give you something way different because everyone's always gonna talk about his energy because it's all they ever saw. But I can tell you right now, that Pete Carroll's defense back when he had the Legion of Boom and you had guys like Chris Clemens and Bruce Serving and Michael Bennett. He came up with some of the most exotic defenses, and there was no way to run on them. And he basically dared you to throw the ball. I dare you to throw this ball. And we always got sucked into it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to throw the ball. We lost like 7 to 47, 31 to 3. We'd be like, all right, we're going to run the ball or throw the ball. But the Legion of Boom was so good. But he would come out, and he kind of invented this 57 defense, which is an over with a will on it. We used to call it a bug look because it looked so different. That it looked like a bug. You were like, what is this? And it would always mess everybody up. And then they used to have Red Bryant play defensive end, but he was really a three technique. And it always made me wonder, like, why is this guy playing defensive end? At six foot four, 335 pounds. But it's because he wanted him to stop everything coming to the tight end. So if they wanted people wanted to run power, you weren't running it anymore because good luck training this dude. You wanted to run zone outside. Good luck trying to reach this dude. He just come off the ball and hit you. He was such an innovative coach, and he would start coming up with these blitzes. And then he got Bobby Wagner in the middle, and oh my God, he could cover anything. So all of a sudden, the front line became a huge deal. He was one of really the first guys that also started to move the three techniques out because they started to realize that guards couldn't cover space. And so he'd be like, "Hey, Mike, kick in." And I want you to go play with that guard. And it was torture. And he was so smart. And then on top of that, having the energy that he had and the energy that the team had, you were just like, dude, this is going to be the longest fight. And we knew going in every time it was going to be a fight. But it was what made it so fun and competitive. It was because it was coming from the head man. We are not done until I say we're done. He was a burn the boats kind of guy, which I loved. Now, do you remember? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you do remember. It was t 10 years ago to 2013 was the year they won that Super Bowl. But you guys, so you, for people that are new to this, by the way, Booney wow. was, wow. Booney started for the 49ers throughout that whole run. So you got, you, you played for Pete on the Seahawks side your last year. And yeah. then you were mostly playing against Pete Carroll teams with the San Francisco 49ers. So you guys, you played them three times that year. They smoked you 29 to three in week two. Told you. That was in Seattle. And then later in the year, in early December, they travel to the Bay Area, and you guys win nineteen to seventeen. And then it was the was it the conference championship round? It was the chokeout game. Choke, choke. Was that the was that the Crabtree game? <laughs> I watched him so hard when I saw him do that. But at the same time, what can you say? Like, dude, we had a game. We had a better ball gets us that win. But you know what, dude? Those games, you can't ever take those back. And I just can't tell you 
how much we all hated each other but loved each other at the same time. Like we, there was some seriously doggish days there with those guys up in Seattle, and it was all led by Pete. Like Pete was like, never let them see you blink, never let them see you in fear. Like you got to go out there and strike them. And you were like, like having played them for so long, when you get up there, you're like, this all makes sense. God, I love this guy. I'm gonna find a way, Pete. Like he's the man, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think he's done coaching? I, we, I, as of the recording of this, we haven't seen. There's talk that he might move to like a consulting role or something. But I'm pretty sure he said a couple days ago at, at the like season-ending press conference, yeah. he's still he's like in his 70s. But he, I feel like he's he's a 72 year old in like a 54 year old's body still. So I do I do wonder if another team would come around. I mean, dude, there's eight openings right now. Oh yeah. If another team would say, oh, we can do worse than Pete Carroll to come in here for like three years. Now, I mean, I, I, I think that's going to be the problem is eventually there are so many new coaches all over the league. Mike McDaniels over in uh, the Ravens. You got Ben Johnson and Lions. Like all these new young up-and-coming people have to eventually get a chance. We can't just keep relying on all these guys that are, I've been doing it for 50 years. Okay, well, I'm sure at some point there's another coach here who could do the same goddamn job. How about that? Maybe we start being more innovative. Maybe we start getting different, crazy. Like the whole Sean McVay hirings. You just got to start going after young play coaches that you see are doing awesome things. And go, hey, listen, we got to give this guy a chance. Because eventually no one's ever getting a chance anymore. And that was my mic weeks ago, the coaching carousel. It's like, okay, well, where's Ron Rivera going to go? Well, he's going to go to Seattle. And Vrabel's going to go to the Patriots. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone just keeps moving to different teams instead of going, hey, we need new blood. We need young coaches. We need new crazy coaches that are going to come in here and get these young kids fired up. Not to say that Pete can't do it. Damn, Pete. I love you, man. Enjoy the beach. <laughs> it's, it's time. Dude, I don't it's want to time. see you carried off the field in a stretcher. <laughs> By the way, I, I scrolled down further on the, uh, the odds to become Seahawks coach. I gave you Dan Quinn, Mike Vrabel. I scrolled down a few more. It's a Harbaugh. long shot, but Jim Harbaugh's on this list. I'm going to Seattle, and everyone's like, who's going to go there? He's going to give it to the Niners. <laughs> you really think that that man is that petty? He literally just won the championship, and you're like, he's going to go give it to the Niners now. No, he's not. Shut up. He's going to go down to L.A. where it's sunny and bright, and he's like, hey, buddy, you ready to throw this thing 500 yards a game? Let's do it. Amazing, man. All right, I'll let you get back to uh, to training the next generation of offensive linemen here, d- doing your – Doing your uh, your little squat drills, whatever the hell you're doing today. Oh, you know what? We actually just finished up with all the boys. They're actually just heading over for lunch, and they're going to go work out. But I can go up there and mess with them right now. They have no idea. I'm just going to come start poking everybody. <laughs> awesome, man. You should uh, put in about six sticks of gum and chew as fast as you can. In honor of Pete Carroll, man. Pour one out. Listen, hey, hey. Go on until the end. Go on until the end. Okay? You know what you're saying? He's all about it, man. I love it. Amazing, man. All right, Booney. Hey, thanks for uh, for jumping in here. Little little players only emergency meeting on the O line committee. Love it. Boom. It's three guys who combined to play fifteen seasons in the National Football League. Oops, I fired that. We're good. I'll cut this up and uh, throw it in an episode. All right, let me know how it goes. I gotta go head into this. Meeting. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.